0: Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger and I'm here today with Mark Castley. Mark, thanks for being with us.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So, why don't you tell our listeners who you are and where you're calling in from?
1: I am calling in from sunny Dubai over in the UAE, originally from the UK. And I am COO at luxuryproperty.com. We are an international real estate brand. Uh, digital destination for luxury properties, many different taglines you can use there. Uh, we're also um, one of Dubai's leading uh, luxury real estate brokerage.
0: Awesome. And before we get into everything that you're doing today and the story of how you procured that amazing URL, <laughs> I, I'm very curious, what got you into real estate in the beginning? Like, What was your first exposure to real estate?
1: It's funny, I, I love this question, people ask this a lot, when we have new starters, like, hey, Mark, how did you get into it? And I was I was forced into it, really, you know, it, was, it wasn't a choice, it was like, uh, I was 16, 17, thought I was going to play soccer, wasn't as good as I thought I was going to be. Mum was like, you need to have a backup plan, and I was like, nah, I'll be fine. So when I wasn't going to be a footballer, when I finally came about, Dad brought me into a local real estate company and said, "You know, give him a job." And they went taking on, uh, but they, he said, well, just give him a job." So I was a tea boy, right? So I was making tea and just worked my way up and started to learn core skills that I still have today. You know, just just core skills from people in the industry at 16 years old and watching what they're doing and, and people making insane money. In real estate right that's that's the goal like, that's what that's what gets you excited when you see people making insane money from what seems like not a lot of work and mm-hmm. that's where that's what got me <laughs> into it and then you realize it's an incredible amount of work
0: yeah that's why <laughs> like, i chuckled <laughs>
1: it look at page, it? Um, But that's what it looks like from the outside
0: and it still does it now, totally you. does yeah, and you speak yeah. to
1: anybody not in real estate, they're like, oh, so you go to Starbucks and make hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's like, not really, no. Um, the polar opposite, right? But yeah, I started off as a T-boy, worked my way up, started flipping some houses myself. Hated it, passionately hated doing that and stopped I stopped about 18 months, two years ago, really. I stopped selling, flipping houses only because it's, it's not part of my wealth generation plan, me and the wife. I just don't like the distractions that come with it, the, the drama that comes with it. Totally. I feel like it's just, it's insane, right? So I have such experience in, in real estate now that the drama that comes with it, I feel like it. it's like anything, you know, if you prep well, it doesn't come. Uh, the problem with buying a house and doing a, you know, doing a renovation on it, you can't prep for the ceiling falling through and like all this nonsense that happens because sure. even if you get the best contractors ever, so anyway, I feel like I can prep properly in real estate and I can plan ahead and, you know, we, we get real estate right. So, yeah, man, that's me. I, I'm, I absolutely uh, love what I do. I feel like I have the best job in the world. I feel like I have the hardest job in the world sometimes, but I feel like I have the best job in the world.
0: Yep. Couldn't agree more. It's so funny that getting into the industry, so many look at the, the nice cars and you know, the, you know, the whispers of the commission checks and they can do do the math so they they can do 3% of 100,000 and then oh but well, what about 3% of a million and and they yeah. start to get all excited and then <laughs> they get into the industry and most fail in the first year or two because it is so much work and you really do need to surround yourself with great mentors in order to succeed in this business and it seems like you got that early right
1: yeah and that was so the you know we, we had um, we're from a working class part of the world home of the Beatles My mum and dad are both blue-collar, care worker, and NHS. National health service, that is. And there was no entrepreneurial spirit, really, within the family. So I had to see that from elsewhere. And when I... Which is not a negative, you know, it's just... it, It is what it is. So when I started this job and these guys have got good money, lots of houses, nice cars. But, like, as a family, we still rent our accommodation. And this guy's got 52 properties and we don't have one. It was like insane right so it's a big eye-opener and i think if you put yourself around the right people you know you want to be um the weakest of the people you spend time with in my opinion that's the goal so if you're the weakest person in the room then you're probably over a period of time going to step up and develop Mm. and you know it's something we do where i am now my target is to have a management team that I constantly bring people in who, who in in my opinion, are better than me, right? So I've just taken three people on in the past couple of weeks and they're just fantastic at what they do, like fantastic. So if you bring people in that there's upward management, right? You know, I've got an immense amount of things to do on a daily basis and I've got these amazing people around me. It just makes me better. You know And that's something that not, not a lot of people do. at brokerage owner level um, or director level because of the, the threat of they're going to leave me uh, or they're going to start their own company or but they're going to take my job or you know this type of belief system, which I think if you, if you have an amazing offering and you bring in the, the, the best people, you end up having the best team and the best team stays together, right? You know, you want to love your job. So I think that's something that is really important. Surrounding yourself with just the right people.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So talking about your, your team and you know, what you have going on at, at luxury property, what was the transaction volume of the team last year? And then I had some follow-up questions.
1: So we did about, we never really publish our, our, data. Um, we, but we did about $1.7 billion. In sales volume, about one point seven, maybe a touch more. There's some NDAs in there, so maybe there's some more, maybe there's some less, but about one point seven. Average fees in Dubai two percent either side, but traditionally you don't get four percent. You know, but uh, I would say fifty percent of the time you're on a four percent deal, fifty percent on a two percent. So you know, as, as a as a team, 2021 in Dubai was the highest number of real estate transactions ever recorded. Since they started hmm. reporting transactions, I was in the news recently talking about how I believe this year will be much better, and I really do. I genuinely believe 2022 will be the greatest year on record. And the reason for, why, if you'll allow, I'll give you a, a caveat onto why I believe that. Sure. If you think of the last since we've been alive, and since our parents and grandparents were alive, if you look at any financial dip, if you look at any real estate dip that we've ever had it's always been because of the banks right it's always been the banks were to blame for the financial crisis and it's it's typically bank backed real estate dips now yeah. for the first time ever since you know in my research i've never seen anything like this where we've just had a big real estate dip during uh, the pandemic we did we seen prices drop all over the world right not too dramatically but they dropped but now as they're creeping back up people are coming to market and the banks aren't at fault so the banks are in a position where at the bottom of the dip banks are offering finance not just to the top level they're offering finance to 1st time home buyers at the world's best interest rates are available in the us and we're pegged to the dollar so we follow us interest rates here in dubai so right now we, we had a big dip last uh, early 2021 and now we're coming out of this dip first time home buyers are able to walk into a bank and get easy access to a home loan at fantastic interest rates so buying the dip is so much easier and i that, that's never happened before I can't think of a time where that's ever been the case. Banks are right. saying, you know, yeah, there's,
0: there's the cash. Let's go. Typically, and buying that, the dip is reserved for those that are sitting on cash.
1: Exactly. Right. And and this is not the case because what we've seen now is people, because rents in, in a market like this, when it's, it's about to boom again, rents increase rapidly. And that pushes on the investor market, it pushes on the rest of the market, and then sales prices naturally increase as well. But the rental market went that crazy here that it was cheaper to buy than rent. Hmm. So, you know, we pay rent all year up front in Dubai. So, you do 12 months up front, that's typically how you would do it. Or you might do six months and then six months, but it's all paid in two checks. So, you do it up front. So some people were looking
0: and saying- You're not, you're not doing it weekly like my my uh, space, <laughs> you know, my 100 square foot spot when I was studying abroad in Australia, across the street from the beach. I couldn't do a weekly <laughs> <laughs> rental. <laughs> it's
1: one, man. Well, you know, what What people were looking at is, hey, look, if I pay 40, 50, $60,000 up front now, or I put 120000 dollars in as a deposit. I can buy, and that's the beauty about Dubai. You know, is it's obviously there's a lot of money here and people do well here. There's it's not there's no space to not do well here. You have, you have to you have to step up, right? So people were in a position where they could they could go to the bank and buy instead of rent, and they've not been in that position before. So they had access to properties that. They just weren't attainable. And now they are. So then we've got people who bought eight months ago who've seen 30 40% increases. And they're coming mm. back to market selling with a profit. And just it's just all of these different dynamics around the market that we've just never seen before. And it's really interesting. Really interesting.
0: That is interesting. And what I'm also interested in is you mentioned that there was a dip in early 2021. So the yep. in contrast, since March 2020, where there was the shock of the pandemic. Since then, our housing market in the United States has absolutely gone bananas and it has gone up in listing price, sold over listing, time on market. I mean, we're getting houses that are having 100 offers and getting $200,000 over asking price for like a, a $600,000 $600,000 house. It's like not, you know, they're paying like 25 or 30% more than what it's listed to buy this house yeah. in this crazy market that we're in. So in the U S we've kind of experienced something different where from, since March, 2020, it's just gone on a rocket ship to the moon. And now there's a lot of fear of like, okay, what about, what if this is a bubble, this and that, but you were mentioning that in the middle of that period that I'm describing, there was a dip in, in Dubai in, yes. in early 2021. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to learn more about that.
1: Well, the, what we what we seen was people because we're not um, the forever home location, right? People are five years, ten years, maybe twenty five years. But you come in, you make making money, uh, you have the best life ever because it's just the best place ever to live. And then you know once you once you build up your cash pot, you go to to the retirement place or your next phase. So there's so many people who were here who went back home, and that's what that's what kind of created this mini dip. Oh, okay.
0: oh there was like a little exodus. An exodus.
1: People mm. were just like, "Oh, right, let's let's get back home," and Got it. it was a panic. So we call them COVID prices. So there's yeah. people who rented at COVID rental rates and the rental restrictions in Dubai really robust in the favour of the tenant which is great they've, they've got a they've done a great job here and basically you have to give your tenant 12 months notice to kick them out and that's wow. like that's to that if you of. don't give them 12 months notice that you're not they don't move out right so there's people who moved in and no joke prices have doubled you know, they've literally doubled since they moved in. So they're mm. staying tight, right? So they're like, no, I'm not moving out I've got this incredible rate. You can't put the rate up. You know, the maximum it can go up is 10%. So these guys are on this crazy deal. And that's what slowed the, the market down coming out of that dip. And now as that started to exit, we've just got people flooding in with cash. And people are coming mm. back. It's the most vaccinated place on the planet. It's a real favorable holiday destination. I think we were just about to the number one place in the world to come on. So all these things are happening at the same time. We've got Expo here at the minute. All the money came back, all the people came back, the jobs were still here, and then it's just it's just took off again. It's insane.
0: I love it. So yeah. 1.7 billion-ish in transactions last year, looking at more this year. I'm curious yeah. what advice you would give to top 1% real estate brokers in the United States. I mean, that they might be doing 300, 500, even, you know, 500 billion, maybe even a billion. But I don't know very many people doing 1.7, right? So yeah. you have a lot of advice to give. I mean, how do you get to that level where you have the team the transaction volume and the transaction price that is able to generate that level of transaction volume? You know, like what advice would you give to those top brokers? And, the, and then what advice should they ignore?
1: So I spent three years over in Florida coaching uh, some of the top 1% there. I had 200 agents. And I get asked the same thing by every agent because I've been in Dubai. Hey, Mark, how do I sell properties over a million dollars? That's the typical thing people want to know. And that's not how you do one point seven billion dollars in transactions, because it's just not. And we're in a very fortunate position because we our our average price point at the moment is about two and a half million dollars. That's our bread and butter. Um, We also, you know, we have transactions are over one hundred and twenty million dollars. So we do right top end of the scale and the bottom end of our scale, like I say, is about two and a half million dollars. The best advice I could ever give anyone ever is just do the right thing. And what I mean by that is so many deals fall off because we just get it wrong as agents. And it's so common. I I run a thing on a Monday called Deal Clinic. What we do is I have 25 of the brokers in a room, no idea what's going to happen. And we say, what deal have you got going on at the moment? Somebody will pick a deal up and say, I'm having some problems with this deal. Can't get it over the line. So what I do is write on the board and I say, tell me about the buyer, tell me about the seller. And as a group, we all talk about what they should do to get the deal over the line. We all give advice, we all play around and then they call the buyer or seller and they have the conversation on loudspeaker in front of us. And we do so much business like this. And so many of them times they've got themselves caught up in a transaction. We call it commission breath, right? You know, it's like you want the deal. And sometimes you want it more than your clients and you you lose your client because you're just not doing the right thing. And Mm -hmm. I found that if you take a step back and you do the right thing by your clients every time, you do so much business. You just do so much business. You know, there's so many different things we can do. You've got to look at what's duplicatable, right? So you can do the right thing for every single client you speak to, right? That's, That's a duplicatable part of your business. Right? So every single person you speak to, you just do the right thing. What else is duplicatable is strangers. So a few people have called me crazy for this, but if you, if you go with me, hopefully you agree. If you rely on your sphere of influence, you will fail at some point and your business closes down at some point. Okay. So it's it's a finite business model because at some, if I said to you, I want you to 10x so you're doing your sphere of influence right now and you're great with your sphere and you're doing, you know, maybe maybe you, maybe you a million dollars a year and that's amazing, but how do I duplicate it? I'm going to give you a guy fresh out the pen. He's just got his license and he's hungry, perfect profile, wants to sit next to you, duplicate into him. Well, you can't. You can refer into him. You can teach him how to build his own sphere, but it's not a duplicatable sphere, right? Right what that's I say to sphere. people is, look, yeah, man, that's right. So you've got 80% of your business coming in from people you don't know. That's duplicatable. And I'm not saying reduce the number of deals you do with your sphere. I'm saying increase the number of strangers that you do deals. with. Because if I can run my credit card and generate a lead through, for example, Zillow, yeah, the dreaded word. Nobody wants to talk about it. So you, you go on Zillow, you put your credit card in and you get 50 leads and you call them all and you find out a conversion rate for that 50 leads and you say, okay, well, out of 50 leads, I'm doing three deals. It's costing me a couple of grand and my ROI is 10X. Nice business model that's yeah. duplicatable. You know what I mean? You can do that anywhere in the US uh, because it's a buy-side model that you can duplicate. And that's something that will change your business. If you've got something you can duplicate into and you can you can bring people in and you can put a ring fence around it and then do it again and then do it again, you've got a business that doesn't rely on you and your friendship circle to, to be successful. And I think that's key, right?
0: That is key, absolutely. So many brokers have been taught sphere, sphere, sphere. And yeah. of course you should be marketing sure. to your sphere. That's like yeah. one-on-one,
1: it. <laughs> right? it's, basic. Like, it's like get a phone, get a call, market Yeah, okay.
0: just go go do it. Talk to them, like consistent, organize them, ask, you know, who, who would be willing to use to refer you and then put them in a different category and market to them and this and that. And like, you know, yeah. do the sphere thing, but I am the owner of a top real estate digital marketing company that helps yep. with lead generation and follow up. and. What you just said is right in line with exactly the value proposition that I've been promoting for the last couple of years is your, your sphere is phenomenal. And once it gets you to the point where you have really good systems, because you've done so many transactions with your sphere and their friends, now it's time to blast that out with advertising and start to attract top of funnel strangers, as you call them leads, and then nurture them into a prospect and then close them because you have good systems. You just need more people to be seeing what you're doing, right? That's a,
1: And that's a, it's got to be teachable, right? So that that's an easy teachable process. And it's funny because when I was in the US, I'm, I'm a, um, maybe for another podcast, but I'm the type of guy who likes to try things before I have an opinion on them. So my wife thinks I'm crazy, but we did the Church of Scientology in Miami when we lived in, and she was like, this is this is like, whoa, it's way out there for us. And we've done uh-huh. Freemasons in the UK. We've done all different types of things, so I have an opinion on it. So if someone asks my opinion, it's like, I'll have an opinion. If I've done it, if not, then I won't. And that transfers right. into business, right? So people said to me, Mark, look, I'm doing 100 grand a month at the moment. Um, I'm capped out. I need to bring some people in to help. And I'm like, okay, great. Who do you need? Let's take a look at your KPIs on your business. And you're like, what's a KPI? Like, okay, well, let's do some KPIs first and let's let's see. And these guys are doing well, you know, a million GCI, right. you know, but they don't have KPIs. So let, let's run the, run the figures. Where do we need help? And they say, well, I need someone to make all of my phone calls for me. That's a typical next step a real estate agent wants. I want all of the leads. I don't want to speak to anyone unless they want to buy a house or sell a house. Are you okay? That's fair. That's what we all want. That's the golden ticket, right? Just speak mm-hmm. to the people who want to pay you. Okay. And they said, so who can I get in to do this for me? Well, Typically, ISAs are brought in from the Philippines. That's that's the the core demographic of an ISA is someone out in Manila. So I said, well, before we try and do that, first of all, you've got to do it yourself. (laughs) So you have to call everyone on your database and see what they say. And if everybody's giving you a common objection and you figure out how to overcome this, then it's going to be easy for you to show somebody how to overcome it. But if they're getting a common objection and you've never had it, how can you help? Where's the value? You know, because they'll they'll tell you the actual objection. You'll give them the ideal world reply. And we don't live in an ideal world. And you'll think they're doing a bad job. So what I've done is I flew to Manila and I spent 10 days there in Makati City working with these girls who were just unbelievable. I was training them. They were training me. And it was just really, really interesting time to figure out what these girls and guys were doing that... Everybody craves so much in the US, right? right? Can you please be my ISA? Biggest problem an ISA has got in in Manila is Wi Fi. Wi Fi drops like every ten minutes. They have torrential storms and crazy weather. I was there for sideways rain. Really interesting times. <laughs> so once you've done that, though, the reason I say that is once you've gone through that process and you've, you you know you've learned from ISAs, you've gone, you've made all the calls, you've been rejected. You know, that then puts you in a position where you can grow. And that's to the top 1%. You know, I don't know if there's video on this, whether you can see me. Yeah. So I'm six foot four, baldy guy, speak a bit funny, bit of a strange accent. So I don't have the standard real estate check boxes where I'm chiseled, handsome with great hair and this amazing accent. So when I moved to Dubai, I had the, you know, there were obstacles that I was like, oh, How do I overcome the fact that I don't tick all of them boxes? Why are people saying no to me? So I read a book, the only book I've actually ever read, I try and listen to podcasts now, instead, just like this one. Um, And it was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And basically, it got me really to look further into NLP and why people say yes. And this was something that I I really loved. Um, And I'll, I'll go through it really quick, but... One thing real estate agency, which really makes me laugh, is when we have a phone call, we typically start a fight. And it's just so insane. And this is something I went through. I was hosting seminars in Florida. I'd have hundreds, 150 people a week come see me. And I'd do a couple of hours coaching with them. And I loved it. And we used to laugh. And I'd say in every seminar, I said, why do you fight with people on the phone who said they want to buy a house from you? And people look and they're like, what do you mean, Mark? I'm like, well, you pick the phone up and you say, hey, it's Mark. I understand you're looking for property in one two three four zip code uh you've come through and you know you've got a budget of looks like 400 grand for a four bed this is amazing i'd like to tell you about the options i've got and they say yeah i'm ready to buy a house and you go okay well this one's available And they say i want to see it can you take me on a showing and the agent says every single time they say whoa before i can show you any property I need to ask you a few questions, right? And I just think it's the most insane thing ever, right? Because you want the same thing. You, you want to take them on a showing, right? You want, And they want to go on a show. Now, I'm not saying do the showing. All I'm saying is if you position your pitch in a way that gives them everything they want up front, you know, if you were to say, yeah, let's go on a showing tomorrow. Let me call the seller and see, can I get us access? What time? And they say two o'clock, and you say, okay, let's go at two. Right. I'm gonna give the seller a call. Before I do, he's got some prerequisites before we go. I just need to get a bit more information from you. That fight has stopped, right? Because the right. buyer is no longer thinking, no, just show me the property. Show me the property. I want to answer your questions. And it was things like this that made me, people were saying no to me. And I was like, why are you saying no? How do I how do I make myself better by making you say yes to me because I've got something you want and it was about how I position my pitch what's my USP my USP has to be for sellers I've got buyers there's no other USP you know people I always ask people what's your USP in in, in my office when they start new starters and they always tell me the same thing oh I'm, I'm a great communicator I'll answer the phone or I'll always be on time. And it's like, okay, so your USP is that you do your job. <laughs> like, right. No, your USP for a seller has to be, I've got buyers. And for a buyer, in my opinion, it's got to be, I've got access to properties that you can't get anywhere else. If you've got them them two USPs, you win, right? That's what it comes down to. That's how you win. You've got what they want and they can't get elsewhere. That's the best USP. It's and true. For the top 1%, yeah.
0: And if I could tell a story to just extrapolate on what you just mentioned, the objection handling that I developed on my own kind of in a vacuum through my experience doing direct selling with Cutco is that I would experience that towards the end of the sales transaction, you're really close to the close and then they give you the real objection. Right. right. You've, you've gotten past the smoke screen stuff and you know, you've maneuvered your way, you followed the scripts, you've done your deal. And you're like one or two questions away from getting a credit card. Right. And then they would give you the real objection. And at that moment, what I realized after failing so many times, going head to head with them on that real objection, I realized what if I just gave it to them and then explained after a, a different option. And what I noticed that when I reversed the information, just like you said, you just, you just reverse the information order. When I would say, yeah, absolutely, we could do that. And then I, I moved on, it completely disarmed them and, and diffused that tension. And so, it's, it's such a simple concept, right? But it works so well.
1: <laughs> and that's it. All you're doing is, it's like having, a, I don't know if you have a six-year-old daughter, and in my house, I have a six-year-old daughters. I have my wife, and I have my mother-in-law, and we have a nanny. All women, and I know that if I want to win a fight with any of them, there's a specific way I have to pitch it. Right? <laughs> it has to be their idea, uh, and it's just the same thing. If you're dealing with a buyer or a or a seller, and they want something. Best to just give them it, and because it's going to that's the biggest thing. Right? The biggest issue right now is that I go on this viewing tomorrow. Okay, man. Let's go on the show tomorrow. No yeah, problem. I'm not going to go if you give me some weird answers. But like, I'll give it to you right now, and then we're going to have a conversation around it. And you win. You exactly. Win by letting them win, right? Because we ra- both ra- want to make. You know.
0: That's it. Yeah. Rather than it's- holding it away from them, like, like you can't get this unless you, you answer these questions. Yeah. Instead of it's that, like you're a- you're like, yeah, man, let's go. <laughs> oh. and people
1: think I'm crazy, but it's, it works, right? Because they get caught off guard and they're like...
0: Yeah. And you're still it. qualifying them. You just qualify yeah. them after. That's it. you you yeah.
1: just flipping it.
0: Just change it. Almost like, I love the, oh, I almost forgot. Yeah. Right? yeah I, right. I love that. You, you like give them what they want. And you like book the appointment and you're like, oh, I almost forgot. And you have like a list of five questions. <laughs> you oh, know? Okay. Yeah. 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 It's all about that tone and delivery. And, and yeah. I like the that subtlety of the reverse of information because I've experienced that. And you only get that from doing thousands of reps, right? From from right. doing thousands of appointments and just noticing that subtlety in, in negotiation and communication. Like when they have that that line in the sand, it's like, just give it to them. And then yeah. you can you can then move forward together rather than being a po- opposite, right?
1: Yeah, that's the goal, right? Because we both want the same thing. They want to buy a house, I want to sell them a house. So yeah. okay, let's, let's do that then, let's What's go, go and see happened? a house.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm curious now of of some of your entrepreneurial habits. So, you know, what's it, what's the single most important action you take on a daily basis that has attributed most to your success?
1: So, I, the most important thing right now for the past six years is my family. There's nothing that gives you more of a drive. So, the only thing I have on my desk is it's a thing that my daughter wrote out. Saying, oh, I love that. Office. She actually wrote it on my whiteboard and I've still got it. Can I show you that? It's actually still on the whiteboard. Nice.
0: <laughs> um, so what is it? It's like zeros and then it says my equals my office. My daddy's office. Yeah.
1: My so, daddy's
0: office. Nice.
1: So, you know, there's nothing more important than um the family, right? And and when you've right. got that fire file, so right now it's 8.40 p.m. and I'll be here till probably 10.30 today. So. That pushes me, the family element of my life pushes me to always be doing everything I can to put my wife and daughter in a position where they've got the best life ever. And I joke with them and say they do have the best life. My mother-in-law is here. She's fantastic. They've got the best life ever. And that's because I've got a reason to give them it, right? Mm. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be family. It could be anything. It could be, it's got to be a short goal. So my short term goal is I get to see my wife and daughter at the end of the day. My short term goal is give her all you've got. So when you go home, switch your phone off and you've, you've deserved your time with family because you've given her all you've got during the day. Now I have what most people call OCD. I don't think it's OCD, but they're just habits for success. Right? So, I'm quite strict with how I run my day. I'm normally up at five, except on a Monday, we have 5 a.m. club. So I have the whole office come to a industrial warehouse in the middle of Dubai, start at five o'clock, pitch black, neon lights, DJ, and we do a full CrossFit session, 5 a.m. Nice. start. It's, it's good for the team, right? So it's good team building. It's, it's really it's wild, to be honest, but it's good fun. And, when we're in the office, you know, quite often throughout the day, I'll set a timer for one hour and I'll forget about it. And then once the, once the timer goes off, I'll be like, okay, what did I do in that last one hour? And would I pay myself a thousand dollars for what I've just done? Right. So in the last hour, if if I've, if I've been super productive, would I have given myself a thousand dollars to do that work? Well, yeah. Okay, great. And if not, well, get more active, man. And if it's not $1,000, it can be $500 or $100, whatever you would pay yourself an hourly rate for. for. Yep. Would I pay myself $1,000 for that? Yeah, okay, well done, Mark. If not, get at it. I have to learn something new every day. And no, that's like- a really
0: important concept. And, and an easy way to do that for my listeners is imagine what amount of money you want to make per year and divide by 2,000, which is 50 weeks, 40 hours a week, right? Yeah. If you imagine the amount of money that you want to make, And you divide it, then you get that number, you shouldn't be doing anything, any activity that you could outsource for less than that.
1: Yep, exactly right. One like one hundred percent. And that's so it's it's got to be like that. Because if if you've done a 10 hour day and you say, Oh don't think I've uh, I've achieved much, but I feel like I've worked hard. That's a quick recipe for failure, right? Because you've got to have clear, actionable activities. So, hey, here's what I need to do today to be successful. What is it? Make sure it's done. And I, I always try and learn from people around me. So there's there's people in all different positions within my company that know more than me right and that's such a fortunate position to be in so i'm constantly learning from them because they learn from me every day i like to give as much education as possible but i like to learn something new and it could be anything like absolutely, absolutely. anything. and w- w- that's why i do peer uh, objection handling because i'm always learning something new i'm from a working class family right so i have a different mentality so my way of thinking is like you've got to think of a way around this and you've got to be creative and you've got to you know you've got to think of uh, the way that nobody's ever thought of before to overcome this objection. and then there's all different people from all walks of life from all different countries who come up with a totally different way to deal with it and it could be something they learned at church it could be something they've learned anywhere in the world and the, but that that process of overcoming an objection I've never been exposed to. And it's like oh well that's now part of my life i've learned something that's just incredible and that's the key right so the the keys to success are results where you know there's no if you've got the best social media and you've got the best advertising you've got the best this and the best i don't care man and and this is the truth and this is this sounds a bit rude but how much if you don't make money it doesn't matter and it really doesn't matter. So you make money from doing deals. You do deals from doing the right thing with your clients. And all in all, you need you need leads. We're in a fortunate position that our URL is just outrageous. And we generate an immense amount of leads at the $2, $3, 4000000 million price point. We generate an immense amount of leads at the 10 $15, 20000000 million price point. I'm talking hundreds a day. So we are in a position where we can do business that we want to do. If you don't have the leads, go and get the leads. Right. Go and get them, you know, and that's the goal. If you've got the leads, you've got something you can, you can work on. If you've got something you Absolutely. can work on, you can focus. And, and that's where the money is, right?
0: That's where the money is. And I, I couldn't agree more. Gary Keller from Kelly Williams says the same thing, right? Even though he did this 30 years ago when, when he wrote Millionaire Real Estate Agent, he said, yeah. you're a lead generator. Like, don't forget it. Like, this is literally your first job as a real estate agent is you're a lead generator, like you need to be generating leads all the time. And nowadays you can pay companies like mine to help you with that digital marketing and that outsourcing that lead generation, SEO, website stuff, form captures, integrated with the CRM, all that stuff can be like hired, right? And and you should hire it out and and get that lead flow pumping so that you can then continue to grow. So I know we're coming up on time. Um, I, I just wanted to ask: Is there a question that I should have asked you, or anything that you'd like to expand upon from earlier?
1: No, not really. I, um, I one of my favorite things to do is is speak to people over in the U.S. because we're we're growing rapidly into the U.S. So I always like to see where the conversations go. There's never a, an, an agenda. There's never anything to you know to, to talk about specifically, other than how do we help the people listening to this make more money in real estate, right? And I think you've just covered a key way to do that is is to generate leads and you're clearly a a source for that, which is fantastic. And that's it, you know, that's it. You've got to be in a position where you've got the leads, you do the right thing by your client, don't fight with them on the phone, (laughs) don't fight And and make (laughs) as much money as you can, right?
0: That's right, absolutely. So how can listeners contact you?
1: You can get me by email. Uh, It's mark, M-A-R-K, at luxuryproperty.com. Uh, check out our website. Some really sexy stuff on there from all over the world. But yeah, reach out. I always get emails. Hey, Mark, uh, what's Dubai like? You send me that email. I love that email. Anyone can reach out anytime. I'd love that.
0: Awesome. I love it. Mark Castley out in Dubai, luxuryproperty.com. Really appreciate having you on and uh, might have you back. I have a lot more questions to ask. We just ran out of time. Yeah, anytime.
1: Reach out anytime. I'd love to be back. All right. Take care. Thanks, man.
0: Thank you for listening.